0: I'm I'm Joe. Funny how. clown. 5 Welcome down. Live free.
1: Welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five I'm your host, Pat Oni. You can find me over on the Twitter at The Pat Oni Show. Use that hashtag, Stand With mrs. Pat. You can also find me over on the Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash The Pat Show. You can also find me over on Instagram, MeWe, and, of course, Parlor. also all at The Pat Oni Show. I do have my own uh, room over there on The Miwi. Um... It should be public now. You should be able to join that as long as I mean, as long as you have a MeWe account. You should be able to join and uh, chat with me every Saturday when the show airs um, from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern. Yes, this show is pre-recorded. Thank you, Stephen Airy. Um, but, uh, do join me. I do tend to be on all their social media channels when the show airs as well. Um, and I do look forward to all the conversations I get to have with each and every one of you, um, every week. With that said, I do need to apologize because the last couple of weeks I haven't been able to be on, um, for one reason or another, um, I think I think I think it's been like what like three weeks now or something like that uh, one weekend we went down for my my nephew's birthday and I was on the road during the time uh, the week after that we went car shopping for my wife and last weekend I just had house projects I had to to get done and working on my yard and so on so uh, I should be on with that said I should be on today um, so do do check it out come join me um, I do look forward to talking with every one of you. There will be a new Mrs. Pat recipe up there as well. Um, I'll be giving that out here at the bottom of the hour. And I would be remiss um, if I didn't start the show off uh, by talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Say what you want about RBG. You know, I can honestly say I disagree with her politics. I disagree with a lot of her rulings. Um, I think she stood for a lot of the wrong things. Um, I disagreed with her on the vast majority of just about everything that she stood for and what her politics were and what have you. Um, But she passed away. And I know some people out there are saying, finally... Which is awful, frankly. Um, yes, we can make fun of the fact that she was on there for a long time, or on the Supreme Court, rather, I should say, and um, that she should have stepped down years ago. We can make all of those arguments, but none of those things happened. The fact of the matter is a person died. Whether we like them or not is, in my book, irrelevant. Um, Her death is going to have a huge impact on this country. Not just for friends and family that were close to her, but on this country, for better or for worse. And how we move on from, from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think will say a lot about us as a nation, do I think Donald Trump should replace her? Absolutely, I do. Do I have someone in mind that he should replace her with? Absolutely, I do. But I'm not going to get into that right now. The fact of the matter is a person died. A person that I happen to strongly disagree with on a vast number of things. But you know what? I think I still would have liked to have had dinner with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I'm being dead serious. I think listening to her would have been enlightening. Not to say that I would have agreed with her. Not to say that I wouldn't have challenged her ideas. Not to say that even I would have thought that she was a good person. I, I don't know what I would have thought if I were able to sit across from the dinner table with her and just listen to her speak. What I'm getting at here is is that she was someone that was iconic in this country, for better or for worse. She was still a person. And I happen to know people, as I've been reading, I I posted something on uh, my Twitter and my Facebook page about it, and uh, I got comments about how evil she was. Maybe she was. I, I know Anton Scalia was friends with her. And as conservatives, we all trusted Antonin Scalia, did we not? Yet he was friends with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And she was friends with him. I dare say that she's probably friends with most people that are sitting on that bench today. I can't say that she's an evil person. I think maybe misguided in her politics, maybe misguided in her ideas. Truly evil... I don't know. I think there are far worse people in politics now than than Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever was. But can't we show a little respect in death? I'm not saying that we should just forget about everything that she stood for, the things that we disagreed with, maybe even some of the damage that he, she has done to the Supreme Court and, and to the Constitution of the United States. But that doesn't mean that we can't show respect and death. You've heard me say this before, and I'm really old-fashioned in, in, in that I believe, even with my worst enemies, there, there can be respect. There can be honor. It doesn't mean you like each other. It doesn't mean you agree with one another. It doesn't mean that you hold the same values. But respect, honor, these are things that I think both sides of the political spectrum, if you will, have been missing for for many, many years. And it's bled over into the American people. And we see that today because of how divided we have become as a nation. Again, I would have broken bread with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm sure we would have had conversations about lots of things. Not just politics. Not just the law or the Supreme Court. I could see us having conversations about family, about country, about what it means to be an American. Again, would we agree on everything? No. But I've always believed we were not meant, we were not made to agree on everything with everybody. We were meant to be people, to be individuals, to be a people that bring different ideals and and, values and beliefs to a table to become a melting pot to be more than just our politics because we are more than our politics so much more we are so much more than our our faith our sexuality our race Humans are are very complex in nature. There's so much to one individual. I mean, think about it. Think about all the people that you know. And think about all the people that you know well and the people that you just know that are just okay. Think about how much you don't know about them. There are things that go on in people's minds and in hearts that we never get to see. That we never get to truly understand. We maybe only are able to do this with a handful of people, if that, in our lives. And that's usually the people that are very closest to us. That being our families, our spouses, siblings, parents, maybe even grandparents. But, but getting much outside of the family, do we really know who we are? Do we know who each other are? Yes, I know. I know. Again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did a lot of things I don't like, I don't agree with. And we could argue whether or not it's evil or not or because depending on what side of the aisle you're on, she was either one of the best Supreme Court justices of all time or she sucked. Those are the the, the two extremes. I I like to think I would have have broken bread with her. I like to think that we would have had a lot of great conversations. I don't know that she was evil. I don't... And you know what? And, And at this point, it's not even relevant to me anymore on what kind of person she was. The best that I can do, and the best that anyone can do, is to show some respect. And some honor in death. We don't have to agree. We don't even have to even necessarily like each other. But these things, these principles, have been forgotten. And so I say, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's family. May you find peace. May you find comfort in this very difficult time in your family's life. And may Ruth Bader Ginsburg finally rest in peace. Because I wouldn't wish cancer on anyone, not even my worst enemy. May she finally rest in peace. And may we finally be able to move on as a country because the repercussions of this of her death will impact us all, for better, or for worse. We will see what the coming weeks bring, whether or not Trump nominates someone and the Senate confirms a Supreme Court justice or not. Because the Democrats right now are screaming about about Trump putting another Supreme Court justice on the on the on the high court. They're screaming about it because Mitch McConnell happened to set the precedent of not nominating Merrick Garland during an election year. Now, the difference was, and I do believe he was referring to, a lame duck president. Meaning, that president cannot run for re-election. Obama had served his two terms. He cannot nominate anyone to the Supreme Court at that point, is what he was getting at. Now... That was an unprecedented move. It probably shouldn't have happened. Merrick Garland should have at least gone through the process and gone through hearings within the Senate. The Senate has every right to not confirm Merrick Garland. They have every right not to confirm any candidate that is nominated for the Supreme Court. But to say that they're not even going to hold hearings because it's an election year? It sets up a very dangerous precedent for what is going to happen next. And the ne- the coming weeks like I said they're going to be interesting. You think that this election is a uh dumpster fire now? <laughs> just just wait just wait till next month. I mean we're we're just a couple weeks no we're not even a couple weeks. We're like a week and a half away from October which means we're just a little over a month and give or take a month and a half away from the general election. Think about that. It's going to get nuttier. It's going to get crazier. And it's just going to get even more out of hand than what it already is. It's going to be interesting to watch. We might as well just grab our popcorn now and just sit back and watch and and see what happens at the end of the day. But as Coppins on uh, critical thinking said earlier this week, the courts are not the end-all, be-all in an election, nor should they be. I agree with him in this case. They should not be Um, the end all be all election and how much this uh, decision that Donald Trump is likely going to make in the uh, coming weeks will be very interesting, Um, especially right before the election here in the next month and a half. But let's move on. Um, May Ruth Bader Ginsburg rest in peace. Um, I, I imagine because Coppins and I have already been talking about it. We'll we'll, we'll definitely be talking more about this story uh, on Monday uh, at six p.m. right here on the Mojo Five O Network, um, and we'll we'll be talking about not just her death, but we'll we'll be talking about the repercussions and, and what's going to be happening um, with the Supreme Court, and we might even go over like who we think Donald Trump is going to pick next, um, which. Spoiler alert! My my assumption would be Amy Cohen Barrett. So um, that that would be my assumption, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, he didn't choose her last time, and he shockingly chose Brett Kavanaugh, um, which is not who I thought he would have chosen. I knew he was on the short list, but like I I didn't think that would be the first choice. But we'll see. Trump Trump could surprise us. Um, we'll we'll talk about it more in depth on Monday. Uh, before I move on, I want to tell everybody a little bit about PrepareWithMojo50.com. Uh, we live in unprecedented times. We live in a time of pandemic. We live in a time of wildfires, apparently, on the West Coast. Uh, we live in a, in a time where almost everybody feels like they're in a state of emergency. And the question is, is, are you prepared? And are you? Ask yourself this question. Am I prepared? And the best way to start getting prepared is to start with your food storage. I grew up having food storage. Um, we, we always tried to have roughly at least several months worth. I, I think the most we had at one point was about a year's supply. Um, and you, if you can get up to a year supply of food storage, you're doing extremely well for yourself in the preparedness side of things. So if you're not there, there is a way that, well, Mojo Five O can help you get there. And that is that they've teamed up with my Patriot Supply. Um, and you can get your four week emergency food supply kit. Now, normally these things are like 300 bucks plus shipping. If you go to preparewithmojo50.com, that's preparewithmojo50.com, that is knocked down to $197, and shipping is free. And if you can't do that, maybe get a 72-hour kit. Maybe buy a couple of those and stock up on those, and then work your way up to those four-week emergency food supply kits. Buy, keep, keep buying them. Keep going back and keep buying these things. That way you can actually not just have four weeks, but you can have eight weeks, 12 weeks, um, you know, three days and six days. However you have to build it up, just build it up. Get prepared because I can't stress this enough. Hard times are here and they're not going away. And for many of us, it's only going to get harder. So it is good to be prepared. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. That is prepare with mojo50.com and get your emergency food supply kit today so speaking of of the pandemic and really bad politics um i i came across uh a, a story here um or not a story a letter Um, from from Tanner Age. Now, you've heard me mention him before. He made Richard of the Week, or no, he made it as a nominee for Richard of the Week on critical thinking. He's a uh, Utah County Commissioner here, and he was the guy that was responsible for throwing all the tenants or constituents out from a commissioner's meeting a couple of months ago. And my wife came home yesterday, and asked if I saw the rising, the spike in numbers of cases here in the state of Utah for coronavirus. And I said, "Well, of course, of course, I did." Um, and she's like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty alarming." And and she's not talking about alarming because the number is high. It's alarming for her because she's like, "It's probably a matter of time before they send me home and I'm completely teaching online again," which she doesn't want to do at all. She wants to keep things going within the classroom because, again, what she teaches is very hands-on. And we've seen how well this worked for us before. They shut out all the schools down last March. Everybody went completely online. And things were shut down for a while. Then cases rose again, and they went back down. Then cases rose again, and they went back down. And here we are, schools back up and everything, and cases have gone back up again. In which they'll go back down again but but they've gone back up again. It's the beginning of cold and flu season by the way um, so you know it's uh, it's up there and it's um, I think I think to, as of yesterday uh, they had a, a record high I think of just over a thousand cases in a day um, with that said, In that statistic, there aren't any new deaths, no new deaths of all the active cases. Will there be some deaths out of this? Maybe, but the death rate is still not high, Um, but yet people are freaking out. But uh, Tanner Ainge wrote a letter, and this is just how much of a Richard he is. Uh, At yesterday's press conference, an arming 911 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in our state. The worst daily report to date. Dr. Angela Dunn stated, We need to take immediate action to prevent unnecessary illness and deaths in our state. I am especially concerned with what we are seeing in Utah County. Governor Herbert then called on local leaders and Utah County Commission in particular to take action. Throughout this pandemic, Utah County's local health orders have tracked the public health orders and guidelines issued by the state. Until recently, cases in our county have also tracked trends along the Wasatch Front. Now, however, Utah County is contributing a disproportionate number of cases. While the opening of Brigham Young University and Utah Valley University is a major factor, the new spike is not isolated to college-age demographic or just Orem or Provo. Dr. Dunn referenced 75% increase in cases and 20% positivity rate, suggesting a high level of community spread. Earlier today, we assembled as a group of mayors, county commissioners, and health officials to learn more about the spike and discuss our policy options. State officials pointed to a potential mask mandate and are returning to certain gathering restrictions with which proved effective during the orange phase. Some of our local mayors advocated for incentives to encourage mass compliance rather than a mandate and proposed ideas on that front. Others focused on better ways to reach college age population with positive information campaign in attempt to change behavior. A couple of mayors and law enforcement leaders expressed serious concerns regarding enforcement and expressed an unwillingness to enforce such a mandate if adopted. I do not have all the answers or the authority to enact policy unilaterally. But I want to make my willingness to move forward with the recommendations from our health officials known if the local data of the spread of the virus is not compelling enough. Perhaps a very real threat from the governor moving Utah County back to the orange phase causing more economic pain and disruption for our kids in the classroom will provide the necessary motivation. For all of these reasons, I am ready to ask the governor to prescribe by statute to allow Utah County to enact tighter guidelines than the current state public health order. I support a mandate despite the enforcement challenges. I'll support the incentive approach, and I'm willing to consider a temporary return to modified orange phase, better public education, and or compromised combination of these options, which can secure the necessary political support to be enacted, better protect our community. As a resident, I will continue to mask up and practice physical, physical distancing. I ask each resident and or college student in particular to please do the same. By acting together with urgency, we can reduce the spread of COVID-19, minimize further economic disruption disruption, and preserve our kids' opportunity to learn in the classroom. <sighs> I'm going to put a ball on this when we come back from the break. You'll listen to the pattern show right here on Mojo50, and I will be right back right after this. Pride Roasters in
0: the morning, it really gets me off to work. Oh, oh AmericanPrideRoasters.com, Roasters.com. Patriot Energy. I got that power. When solar energy is done right, it can save you up to 30, 40% over your current energy costs. Call the professionals at Patriot Energy to get your no cost, and no obligation layout and design. Compare and contrast the differences for yourself. Go to PatriotEnergyAZ.org forward slash Mojo50 to get started today for your Patriot Energy solution. No one likes to think about disasters or what could happen to you or your family If you find yourself in the middle of one, look around you. Don't you wish that uh, maybe a few months ago you had gone to preparewithmojo50.com and picked up an emergency food supply? The reason is not that you're panicked. The reason is that you want to be ready for anything. Look what happened at the grocery stores in the last few weeks. There are others out there who tend to lose their minds when things aren't normal. You, however are smart. You know how to do things the right way. You know how to be prepared. You know how to take care of your family. And It shows. I mean, you listen to Mojo 50. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find a special deal for you as a Mojo listener on a food supply, an emergency food supply that will ensure that you have enough food for you and your family for months, however long you decide you need the supply for. It really is a great deal and it's about being ready for anything. Prepare with mojo50.com.
1: Welcome back to the Patoni Show, right here on Mojo Five O. I'm your host, Patoni. We're talking a little bit about Tanner Ainge and uh, all the some of the BS that he's uh, uh, laid forth in that letter I just read right at the uh, very end of the last segment. And um, this guy is a complete Richard, uh, absolute complete Richard, as, as Coppins and I like to to say on critical thinking, uh, which we crown a new Richard of the week uh, every. Uh, Friday on Critical Thinking, which airs on this very network, 6pm to 7pm Eastern, every Monday through Friday, so definitely check that out. Um, My wife is a school teacher, as I know most of you know, and she used to be more on the train of, hey, let's wear masks, let's do what we got to do to get things back to normal, Let's, you know, do all this stuff. And we, we had our disagreements when it came to um, how to handle COVID-19. And which is totally fine. I mean, like, like I, I've always encouraged my wife to stand strong with her opinions, even if they are against my own. Um, and even if uh, that means standing up to me and and just ultimately doing her own thing and what she feels is right. I've always encouraged that kind of thing. And she does it very well, and she does it very tactfully. But now, you know, she's been coming home lately because she does not want to go back online again. She just doesn't. And she, she's getting really, really sick and tired of the mandates and the repeated state of emergency, which Governor Herbert here in the state um, of Utah just, just declared it yet another state of emergency which consequently gets us more federal funding. I'm like, well, okay. So if it's really just about getting federal funding, is there ever a reason to not be in a state of emergency? But that's besides the point here. Um, She's sick and tired of all, all this crap though. She's, she's actually really sick of having to wear a mask at school. Um, It, cause it, it does, it, it messes with her a little bit. It's not comfortable, Um, which, you know, I understand um, she just wants things to go back to normal, and we were actually planning to to go to um, Texas Roadhouse last night for dinner, and because that's something that we actually really like to do. We actually really like going out to dinner, especially on like a Friday and a Saturday night, um, and just get out of the house for a while. Maybe go see, maybe or we'll go do something else that's fun. And we haven't really been able to do that for some time. I mean, heck, the most normal her and I have felt is that a couple weeks ago when we just bought her a car because we asked, like, do you, do you guys need a store mask? I was like, yeah, no, no, you're not required to. You don't need to. And consequently, we did not. Now, my wife did have a bit of a scare because, you know, there have been a few teachers in her school that have tested positive for coronavirus, and she got a little bit of a cold here recently, and so then she had to go get tested, and thankfully her tests came back negative. But she's tired of it. And she, here's the thing. It's like even if I do get coronavirus when she was getting the test done before, even if I do get it, A, I know I'm going to be fine. And B, it's just going to suck because I don't have to leave my students for two weeks. It's going to be a lot more work for me to have to plan stuff for a sub. It, it's just, it's it's a headache for her and a logistical nightmare for her. Not to mention because they, her school is kind of doing a hybrid system Now, most of her students are in class, but there have been 20 or so kids from from the beginning of the year that have opted to go online. Now, contractually, she doesn't have to teach an online class if she doesn't want to. Contractually. But she chose to because she felt bad for these kids that would be missing out, that actually wanted to take her class originally. So she opted in, which consequently makes more work for her. So now she's basically doing her job and a half and sometimes maybe even two jobs because not only is she having to plan lessons for in person she's having to plan lessons for an online class as well and it takes up a lot of her time and it's stressful and so she's just she's at the point where she's just she's sick and tired of it we want to go out again. We want to go out and we want to feel like life is normal again. We want to go out and we want to be able to have dinner at a restaurant, for Pete's sakes. We want to go out and see a movie. We want to go out and, and um, I don't know, just go for a walk outside or, or go to a park or a, a fair or a, anything. But no, no, uh, here we are. And we're probably going to be going back into the orange phase here soon. And my wife brought this up as well. She's like, it's a matter of time before they're going to just kick us out and make us go online again. It's going to happen. And I tend to agree with her. It's likely going to happen. She's likely going to have to go back to being online for a certain period of time. Now, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as extreme as the whole year. But I could see at least through her fall break, which has been October. Um, I could see it maybe going through Thanksgiving, maybe even through Christmas. Um, Who knows? It it really just kind of depends on all this. But the best part, the best part that she brought up on all of this was that we tried this in March and we went through all summer being basically shut down not necessarily like a complete shutdown like New York or Ohio or some of the other big States. It was never like that, but they closed down schools in, in on, on March 13th. And the reason why we know it was March 13th is because that was the day. Our previous house went on the market and we were in the process of buying the house that we live in. Now it was Friday the 13th. (laughs) Yeah. Let that one sink in. Um, And she was out of the classroom for the rest of the year. They had originally said two weeks. Then it got moved to May 1st. And then when May 1st came around, they just decided to scrap it for the rest of the year. And I think that's what bothers her the most is that they keep changing things and they keep changing things at the last minute. But we tried this once already and it didn't work. Lockdowns don't work. Yeah, we can lock down for a period of time and and see the cases drop. But what happens when things open back up again? What happens when we open schools back up again? Guess what? You're going to see a spike in cases. So she's finally kind of like coming around to seeing it kind of how I've been seeing it the entire time. It's like, you know what? You might as well just going on living your life as normally as possible Are there going to be people people that die from this? Unfortunately, yes. Is that rate going to be overly high? No. Um, But there's nothing I can do about that as an individual. Nothing. There's nothing I can do to stop that from happening. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Not that I want people to die. I don't. But at the same time, life must go on. Life has to go on. It does not stop. Not even for a virus. It does not stop. And when we go back to doing something again, because remember, this was about slowing the curve or, or, or bringing down that curve, right? We're like seven months into flattening that curve. And we've done that. We've done, we've done the whole flattening of the curve thing. We've done that. There was never really an argument to be made that this virus is ever going to go away. But that's what it became. It became about eliminating this virus. It's not going to happen. And people are like, well, a vaccine's close. A vaccine's close. Okay, so a vaccine's close. You know what we don't know? If it's going to work. And all the other COVID... Um, tests that they've done over the years for different strains, those vaccines haven't worked. But here we are. I don't know if this vaccine is going to work. What I do know is I'm not taking that vaccine until I know A, it works, and B, it's safe. Actually, A, it's safe, and B, it works. Because I'm not just going to take Anything that they tell me that I need to take to get life back to normal. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. My health care has always been and it always will be. And it's the same for my wife and every other individual out there. The same principle applies. My healthcare is between me and my doctor, not you, me, and the state. And that's what Tanner Ainge is doing here, is that he's making our health care between me, you, and the state. There is no stopping this virus. There is no stopping it. None. And the thing is, is that we have no idea, because of all this, because of the last six, seven months of this, We no longer have any idea how life is supposed to work now. We have no idea how to go on with our life. You know what a real pandemic was? The Black Death, you know, back in like medieval times in Europe, that was a real pandemic. The coronavirus, yes, it's a pandemic because it's a virus that's on a global scale, But, in just here in America, 0.58% of the American population died this summer. And that's not 0.58% just from coronavirus. That's 0.58% from coronavirus plus comorbidities. So, We're shutting everything down still. We're freaking out because we see a spike in cases. The Black Death, by the way, that killed between 30 and 50% of the populations it infected. We're freaking out over 0.058%. We're freaking out over that, but the problem is—is—is is, is this, and—and and is that our ruling class has been so disconnected from from reality, from life that we we we've just we, we've we've gone into complete fantasy mode about this and we've allowed them to disconnect us we've allowed them to disconnect us from reality and from moving on with life and and we we've let them do it with this glamorous idea of visions of the future of hey we're gonna have a vaccine and we're gonna cure this whole virus and it's just gonna magically go away It'll never happen, not in the way that they're promising. But if we stand up to people like Tanner Ainge, to Governor Herbert, to Andrew Cuomo, uh, to Lori Lightfoot—I mean—and all the other progressive politicians out there that are putting this absolute garbage on us as free a free people, if we resist that. And we accept the fact that we can't opt out of death. We can't. Death is going to happen to us all one one way or another and one day or another. It's going to happen. There's no stopping it. The same way that life can also not be opted out of or into, rather. It can't. Life must go on. And there you have it. So now it's time because I know, I know Virginia Hole is, is like screaming at this point and, uh, wanting her recipe. I'm going to pull it up here. Actually, um, I had it up, but, uh, apparently I got rid of it for some reason. Here we go. But before I actually do get into the uh, the uh, Mrs. Pat recipe of the week, I need to continue with my protest. Yet another Saturday where we should have had Big Ten football, um, especially Ohio State football, has passed. Um, But on another note, some good news is that the Big Ten's coming back. And they're going to be starting up uh, October 23rd and 24th. And so the Big Ten football will be back what is presumably going to be an eight-game schedule. So I'm very happy about that, mostly because you know my, my protests work. Never mind all the other families and players and coaches and staff who have also been protesting. It was my protest that uh, finally made Kevin Warren realize that he actually sucks, um, which was funny. And by the way, I had, somebody told me, like, well, it wasn't Kevin Warren's fault. You know, it's not like he had a say in it. Yes, he did. Yes, he absolutely did. Why? Because he's the one that put all the other people that had a vote in this he's the one that presented them with all of the information he's the one that could have influenced it one way or another so no while I agree with you it wasn't solely his decision he sucks because he's the commissioner he's the one that drives this the buck stops with him so Kevin Warren sucks this should have never happened in the first place but I'll get off my soapbox now. And I'll get to the Mrs. Pat recipe of the week. And um, Virginia Jekyll, if you're listening, this one is actually uh, specifically for you and your coworkers. And no, 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 no. Before you, before you freak out, it's not muffins. Because I know how much your coworkers love the uh, uh, pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. This isn't muffins. Not muffins. It's Oreo truffles. You heard me right. It's Oreo truffles, and uh, this is actually something that um, my wife's family makes every year around uh, Christmas time. And um, so, I guess I could have saved this for more Christmas time type stuff, but this is. Uh, but you can make this anytime. time. It's not. It's not Christmas specific. Um, it, it just happens to be something they they make around that time. But uh, it, it's pretty simple. Um, you've got uh, to see, you want to get Oreos and make sure they're not double stuffed. Uh, you'll want to get some cream cheese, um, some almond bark and, or candy melts. Um, you can also do white or milk or dark chocolate, whichever one you want to do. You don't have to do any specific one. I personally prefer the milk or dark chocolate myself. Both of those are really, really good. Um, what you'll do is you'll cover a cookie sheet with uh, wax paper and set aside. Uh, you'll place Oreos in a food processor or blender and pulse to a fine crumb. Pour crushed Oreos into a large bowl. Uh, you'll add your cream cheese, mix low speed until well combined. Scoop the mixture into about a one teaspoon at a time and form one inch balls. Place a prepared cookie sheet and melt it in the freezer. Or, in, or excuse me, put it in the freezer for 15 minutes. Melt almond bark or chocolate according to the package directions. Remove truffles from the freezer um, and dip into the melted chocolate. Return to the baking sheet and return to the freezer until the chocolate sets up. These are amazing. Um, they're one of my like favorite. Um, I don't know if you would necessarily qualify this as a dessert per se. I mean, I guess they could be. Um, This is kind of like just a candy that that you'd make. Kind of like how I make Buckeyes every year. It's kind of like something like that. And they're really good. Uh, Like I said, I prefer the milk or dark chocolate on these. And if you like Oreos, (laughs) even better. And if you wanted to, you don't even have to add any additional chocolate. They're good just by themselves. So uh, check it out. Send pictures. Um, tweet at me at the Pat Honey show, use the hashtag stand with Mrs. Pat, send those pictures my way. Uh, Mrs. Pat does love it when you do that, um, because she loves it. She loves knowing that there's just a lot of people out there that really love her recipes. So do that. Um, and, uh, let me know what you guys think. We'd love to hear hear your feedback. If you have any like special requests in terms of recipes you would like to hear from, or if there's a recipe that you would like to hear again, uh, let me know. Um, I, I can't guarantee, like if it's a new recipe, I can't guarantee that we'll have it, but it's worth looking into. So definitely check that out. Let me know what you think. Um, before I continue on here, um, I want to tell everybody a little bit about our new sponsor, uh, USCCA. So I talked a little bit about prepare with Mojo Five O in The first or the top of the hour. Um, Now, in terms of preparedness, I I want you just to close your eyes and think really hard about the people you care about most. Just picture them in your head for a second. Imagine every detail. But they're scared. There's something else there. Something bad. And it's going to hurt them. Your loved ones call out your name, but they're all alone. There's nothing you can do. Now stop. Take a breath. Imagine that same scenario. They're starting to get scared, but now you're there between them and evil. You stand in front of them with a hand outreach ready to stop the threat. Protecting your loved ones isn't a dream. It's a real-world responsibility that requires commitment and dedication. Go beyond your commitment and get life-saving self-defense resources you need to protect you and your family every day. Today and every day. Learn more at USCCA membership. By visiting USCA.com/slash mojo five O. That's USCA.com slash mojo five O. Alright, so now it's time for a uh, WTF story. And I found, I I laughed out loud when I saw this. Um, it's from Outkick. And it's about uh, Fredo Cuomo, or better known as Chris Cuomo. And um, well, Apparently, there's a story going on about Weightgate. And it's basically questioning if Chris Cuomo actually lifts real weights. And according to an expert, they're not real weights. <laughs> uh, most primetime uh, news hosts uh, go viral with monologues, interviews, and perspectives. Not New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's brother, he's CNN's Chris Cuomo, types on a computer while lifting weights. Why would anyone do such a thing? Well, I don't know. I personally don't know. Uh, a professional bodybuilder called Fake News on the Maybe Fake News host. Uh, the, uh, they claim that no one with Cuomo's body, meaning less than his, could possibly type with that size dumbbell. And if you, there's a picture of this, and I'll tweet out the story. But there's a picture of this, um, and it's a really big weight, and he's got it like way over his head, and he's sitting there typing with one hand. There's no way this is a real weight. There's just no way. And it's, I just found this, and I, I laughed out loud because this is likely completely and totally fake. Um, and and it just makes Fredo look even more stupid than he already is. And it's just funny that that <laughs> an outlet like outkick is calling him out on it. And it's just, it's just damn funny. But now let's get into before we uh, end the show, because we've only got a few minutes left. Um, I found a story from the Federalist um, about a leaked 2016 call that reveals Joe Biden risked national security to sabotage Trump. Now, I cannot completely confirm whether or not this is a real thing or not. I Googled it. I did research. There are other outlets covering this, but they're not big outlets. You would think for something like this, this big, this scandalous would be out there for the general public to know by major, major outlets like the Blaze, the Daily Wire. I haven't seen anything like this come from them per se not to say that they aren't aware of it or maybe they haven't written about it i i don't know i but the fact that no one else is really talking about this concerns me and the fact that the people the the same people that were calling for trump's impeachment because of his quid pro quo with uh, the ukraine and all the stuff that he had going on over in eastern europe um and, and all, just all those dealings and all that crap and all the testimonies and everything and they, they would say, oh, there's, there's condemning evidence against Donald Trump and he needs to be impeached and removed from office. Yeah. Where are they on Joe Biden? I've been saying this for a while. Where are you on Joe Biden? Because I would respect you a lot more if you were consistent, at least. This shouldn't just apply to Donald Trump. And... Again, I, I do apologize for Mitt Romney and for you know saying that uh, an investigation probe into the Bidens would be inappropriate. Yeah, that's not necessarily true, but um, yeah, uh, a leaked call, a leak. So Biden uh, told poroshenko i don't plan on going away as a private citizen i plan on staying deeply engaged in the endeavor that have be, that you have begun and we have begun in a matter of moments biden under undermined the incoming administration branded them not only as knowing anything about the ukraine and attempted to set up foreign policy back back channel for himself after he left office as a private citizen which could violate the logan act which it does um you know it but the problem is it's like you know whether or not the uh, Logan Act is uh, uh, constitutional or not I mean th- I guess that's up for question it's the same thing they try to pin Michael Flynn on for violating with his discussion with the Russian ambassador um, to the United States um, they, they try to use that on him But but there's no probe into the Bidens. There's no probe into Joe Biden for this. And the left is shockingly, well, not so shockingly, quiet about this. The conservative never-Trumpers are not so shockingly quiet about this. And it's absolute bullcrap. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's be consistent around the board. Joe Biden needs to be investigated for this. He's running for president. I mean, if he were president and he was doing this crap, would you not want to impeach him for the same crap? I mean, of course, of course, you know that they absolutely would not because, well, there's just not, there's a cold call recording on this. A whole recording and Biden, I guarantee you Biden's covering this up. He's not coming out and saying, hey, look at what I did like Trump did when he released all of his transcripts between him and the Ukrainian president. It's absolutely asinine that they ab- <laughs> that, that there's no consistency in politics anymore. They they all hate Trump so much that they'll do anything to get him out, even if Biden is just as guilty for doing the exact same crap. Wow, and that's I guess we're at the end of the show already. Holy crap. Um, all right, well, until Monday on critical thinking right here on Mojo 5o, I will see you then. Uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. And no means no. Oh and uh, Kevin Warren and Roger Goodell still suck. We'll see you Monday.
0: This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5. Offer deadline on Oak Street, Pile 3. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee, and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com.